All right, Brad, I still have a little bit of Buster Posey sadness hangover. <laughs> yeah. So, but we'll talk, yeah. About that. we'll talk about that in a second. I wanted to um, surprise you with this. Hang on one second. All right. Oh, uh, oh, don't do that. I just needed to switch hats. Now, <laughs> the interesting thing about our relationship is we yes. follow the same baseball team. Right. We do not follow the same football team. Nope. But we also, like, if the Cowboys won a game, I'd like or went to the Super Bowl, I'd yeah. clearly root against whoever the other team is, right? Right. Yes. But with our uh you're a Rams fan, I'm a Niners fan. Mm-hmm. Like if like when the Rams were in the Super Bowl a few years ago against the Patriots, I was like, oh, like that's Brad's team. Like even though they're a Niners rival, I don't care. Like I, I'm I'm totally fine with them winning if it makes Brad's uh day uh, a little <laughs> a little brighter. Um and and you know to be to be fair, right? Like both of our teams in the in the year two thousand or or in the in the decade of the two thousands, the 49ers yeah. have been to the Super Bowl twice and lost. You guys have lost a couple. You guys have what? Did you win one in in the two thousands or was it the late? No, game? we won in ninety nine. It was two thousand. The Super Bowl was in February two thousand. But we won in ninety nine and then went back two years later against the Patriots, and that started the Patriots dynasty. Right. <laughs> so it's not like either of our teams are knocking it out of the ballpark when it comes to Super Bowl wins or anything. But I will say, your team. You guys got Von Miller. You guys got Odell Beckham Jr. You guys are clearly better than the 49ers right now. Yeah. The only thing I'm going to ask you is why do you think the 49ers have been able to beat the Rams over the last three years uh, pretty pretty decently? Last night included, yeah. which was it, that that one seemed to like a little bit of an outlier. I don't know exactly what happened with the Rams last night. Yeah, that one was goofy. Uh, last night's game was just weird. I, I, as a Rams fan, I'm sitting there watching it, going, "This is not the team that I saw the last eight or nine weeks." I mean, dropping easy catches on third down, uh, defense not stopping any anything on the ground. Um, I think you know what Shanahan does a good job of getting his team up to play the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how he doesn't against other teams though during <laughs> well, the th- season, especially this year. Holy crap! Yeah, exactly. And um, and but and but remember when the Niners were were good and they had their little playoff run and everything else, and uh, they went to the Super Bowl. Fisher had the Niners number, so right. it's this weird thing, and it's the rivalry thing. It's almost like. Hey, we're really good this year and we're just going to have this confidence and we're going to take it to the, you know, we're going to take it to our rival and it, and it doesn't necessarily happen. So yeah, I, I don't really know um, what causes that. I, I just think the other team kind of gets up for it and they're like, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going to do this. Um, we're not great this year, but this is our stepping stone to show that maybe we are great the rest of the year. And I think that's kind of what happens with the Rams and the Niners. McVeigh against the Shanahan-led Niners. I mean, he's the little brother right now. He's just getting picked on and beat up. So I think that's kind of where we're at. All right. Sorry. I, I was, I was, uh, <laughs> I, I put Brad on, on the, on the main screen because I had to fix something with my phone. So now yeah, camera... I saw that all of a sudden I'm looking at, I'm, there's me. I'm like, hey, 
<laughs> so, but now, now we're good. That, I, that was that was pretty slick. I, if I didn't say anything, nobody would have known. Anything. Sure, yeah. So um, okay, <laughs> we're done with football talk. Yeah, I just had to bring it up. We we bring it up every time our team. Oh play. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's fun. Night, it's the, a fun rivalry because we're going to play the last game of the season yeah. now. And, you know, are the Niners going to be far- fighting for a, a spot? Are the Rams going to be jostling for position? I don't know. They have a bye this week and then the Rams play the Packers. I, I mean, if they play like they did against the Titans and the Niners and they play the Packers like that, I mean, the, the, the Rams are, I mean, are they in the da- in danger of not making the playoffs? Cause they still have to play the Cardinals again. They got to play you guys again. They got to play the Packers. I mean, it's crazy. So I don't know. It's fun though. It's, All right. I only watch baseball and football, so I don't really have the basketball to kind of fall back on. So yeah, the hat goes back on. <laughs> there you we'll go. talk about the giants. Excellent. Yes. All right. So like I said, the, uh, the, the aftermath of the Buster Posey retirement, we did, we haven't, we've, we've been gone for a little bit because we did our normal podcast and we came back with like the Buster Posey emergency podcast. Right. So we took the next week off and now we're back. And I guess, you know, now that you've had a, a little bit of time to think about it, like, like how are you feeling about Buster knowing that he's not going to be back and knowing that more than likely it's going to be the young Joey Bart and possibly Casale in the, you know, with, with pitchers thrown to both of those guys. And I know there's even uh, some worry that pitchers may not be as excited to come to San Francisco now that Buster is not here. Yeah, that's, I think, the biggest worry. But the way I feel personally right now is I, I think it's not going to fully. I mean, I was really hurt those first couple of days. I was tough. Um, I don't think it's going to fully kick in until spring training starts. And then once the regular season starts, it's going to feel a little bit like 2020 for for a while there with no Buster Posey in the lineup, no Buster Posey behind the dish, um, no leadership in that dugout. So I'm 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 still, I hate to say it, I'm still numb. I mean, he got his award, uh, you know, his Silver Slugger award, and I was like. I mean, that's great, but <laughs> <laughs> he's not here. I mean, good, good for him. Obviously, yeah. that's great. But it's like, man, we had a silver slugger catcher going into next season, and uh, now we don't. So that that's, again, it's a huge hole to fill, um, depending on what the Giants do in the offseason with, with gathering more players. It might take a little bit of sting out of it. It'll never completely go away. But, yeah, I'm still – I'm still kind of reeling a bit. It it's tough to swallow. It's tough to kind of see that reality when you think about it. So yeah. I agree. Not to say that he's one to go back on his word. I don't mm-hmm. think, you know, he's got he's a very busy guy. He's got a lot of stuff. But I just wonder if, you know, he he watches the team next year and he's like, "Man, you know, I miss it." And now as a catcher, it'd probably be hard, really hard for him to get back into that shape. But let's say we have a DH and he's just like, hey, you know, I'll play some first base. I'll play some DH. It doesn't sound like that's in the cards for him. He sounded pretty confident that it was done. But I have that like slightest hope that that he does circle back. But let's actually play the intro video and we'll come back and talk about what we are drinking. Bedrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting and pumped on in. The Giants have won the pennant.
right, so we're back here. Let's talk about what we're drinking. I'll go. I'll go really quick because mine is very yeah. You go simple. first. I always go first. It's your turn. <laughs> I have a little bit of bullet bourbon, nice mixed with some uh, seltzer water and some lime juice. So mm. it's it's a it's a very uh, it's it's a very refreshing drink on a November Tuesday at five thirty <laughs> as we're recording this, and it's already pitch black dark. Like I'm gonna need yes. to bring another light in here to do this show because it's so dark now. Yeah, I've got I got the shade down. I've got the Christmas album out. Did you see that? I'm. I did. I started listening to Christmas music today. We could talk about that later. When is the right time <laughs> to do it? But I'm all for. It. I love music. You love music. So yes. I mean, if you if if somebody handed you the vinyl of the Jackson five Christmas album. Right oh yeah. Now. You put it on. I think I'm going to actually buy it. Like I have that album on every possible other medium, except for the vinyl. I'm going to, I'm going to look for it for sure. Yeah. I just bought the new, uh, Nora Jones Christmas album. Uh, I just got that a couple of days ago on white vinyl. I'm going to clean that up and play that this weekend. You know, it's, it's cold. It's starting to get chilly. It is good bourbon drinking weather. It's yes. also very good stout drinking weather there we go um and this so if you put uh, a lot of people don't know this about me but if you put peanut butter in anything i will <laughs> eat it i will drink it i don't care what it is this is a peanut butter stout from lead dog brewing company i've talked about them before they're out of reno um this is the can it looks nice and juicy it's a peanut butter chocolate stout nice. um it is very tasty you can taste the peanut butter it's not overwhelming but it's that nice creamy kind of um sweet finish to it uh, and that's one of my favorite winter drinks i think it's already so we have the sierra nevadas out here uh, you know to our west and the sun starts to set and head towards the bay area and it gets dark like this time of year, about like four o'clock, the sun is already behind the mountains. I think it's already in the mid fifties and overnight lows were already in the low thirties, upper twenties. So, um, this is why I'm wearing long sleeves in the house, which I don't normally do. And I'm wearing slippers too. It's cold. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, crystal has been talking about, um, already making her eggnog. Oh yes. So that, that's the one, the one thing she'll, uh, she'll, drink with you know any sort of harder kind of alcohol she'll, she'll drink vodka from time to time but you, yeah. you put a little bit of of a brown alcohol in something it's got to be <laughs> it's, it's got to be the eggnog for her well if you guys come up here to visit anytime soon during the holidays or whatever i'm going to send you home with a bottle of um we have this uh frankovich uh it's a local um eggnog and it is absolutely outstanding everybody runs to the store to grab it when it comes out it's a local company that makes it it's really nice good. yeah nice very interesting there all right so let's talk about some other stuff here um the uh because of the long week uh week in a few days that we've been away a couple things have happened one being that the giants signed gabe kapler to a two-year extension so he's already got 2022 that he already had one year left. They did not want him to go into the season as a lame duck manager. So one year plus two more. So he's going to be with us for three more years. And he won today. Just today they announced it manager of the year, getting 28 of 30 votes national league manager of the year. 
What do you think about the giant skipper here? That's awesome. Well-deserved. 107 wins on the season. I mean, I know, of course, don't go to Twitter. Again, I always say that every week. But if you look at the comments, everybody goes, well, what happened to Snitker? Snitker got robbed. It's a it's a regular season award. It's <laughs> it's um, voted on before the playoffs even start. Uh, yes. And the, and the award is given out before the first pitch of the playoffs even begin. Um, and, and that's what and Kepler earned it because to get this team that everybody thought was going to be 500 or below to 107 wins, historical. You don't have a historical season and not win this award. Um Although, if they would have stumbled in two games and finished with 105 wins and, and Dave Roberts finishes with 106, we're talking a different story. Yep. So, I mean, so he fought for this award. Um, I'm sure he wasn't out there managing the games, thinking of the award in the back of his head. But, but he fought the entire season and deserves this award. And I think that's awesome. And to have him for another couple seasons, I think we kind of saw that one coming because, yeah, you don't want to have a lame duck manager like Gabe Kapler. He's cause he would be on everybody's radar. Oh yeah. He would be uh, poached so hard. Yes. And, and he may, he might feel a little certain way, right? Oh, I can't believe yeah. you guys uh, left me out there. So yeah, th- this yeah. was going to happen no matter what. So what do you think? And, and there's a little bit of uh, poeticness to the day that they gave him the uh, extension because it was the anniversary of when he was hired. And if you remember, that was not the best press conference. <laughs> yeah. Right. Him and Zadie kind of, you know, that they, they, they had asked some really tough questions about his stay in, uh, in when he was in LA about being in Philadelphia and they let him go before his contract was even up. Like that's how much they did not want him. So it was, it was pretty cool that, you know, on the anniversary of that day, he then signs the extension and, you know, that he's going in the record books for the Giants as the, you know, winningest uh, manager or whatever for a, a season for the San Francisco Giants. Now, do you know? I think I think you know who the other San Francisco Giant manager who won Manager of the Year. But do you know the year that this manager won it? Well, it wasn't Bochi. Bochi has not won it. Never won it. Francisco. No. Uh, he did win it one year, right, in San Diego? I think he did in he San Diego, right but that. not not with San Francisco. I, that's tough. I, I want to say it's it's either going to be Roger Craig or Dusty Baker. No, it could be Moises Alou. You I mean, Felipe, not, uh, Felipe Alou. Um so many Alou's in baseball. <laughs> uh, could be Felipe. I'm going to go with Felipe Alou in 2003. Oh, that's a good one because the Giants yeah. did win a whole bunch of games that year. Yeah. The the actually the answer is um, Dusty Baker. Okay. And he won it three times. Wow. Okay. I, I <laughs> maybe because he never won the World Series, we don't think about it a whole lot. <laughs> Ninety three. 97 and i think it was like 2000 or or, so, or something like that because that my other pick was going to be dusty in 93 but because they got beat out by um the braves i thought it might have gone to bobby cox but the braves were so good in those years yeah, i guess then yeah. that's usually what happens if you have a team like like dave roberts didn't win it because you know, the Dodgers are expected to win 100 plus games. Yeah, they were. They were expected. They probably had the, 
95 97 win projection or something like that yeah exactly and then you get a guy like uh you know like gabe kapler that comes in with an, an unexpected team and you're going to get that award and, and yeah. kevin cash won it in the american league right two, two times in a row yeah second time so hmm. yeah that's great and, and to have kapler locked up for another couple seasons is always really good and then zadie winning the you know executive of the year as well i mean the the top half of this organization to have it be set the way it is, you know that trickles down the rest of the way, and that's awesome and and it's comforting to going into next season to know that. So yes, so we we will not talk about free agents, though we mm-hmm. should. Pr- we'll probably have a conversation about that soon because the the it's starting to heat up as far as who's going to be out there. Yeah, we have guys refusing qualifying offers. Uh, we'll we'll talk in a little bit uh, near the end of the show about some signings that have already happened. But there's a guy who is attached to the Giants uh, who plays in Japan. Now, I've never heard his first name pronounced, but it looks like it's Seiya or Saya Suzuki. Mm-hmm. And he is uh, he plays for the I just saw this and and now I forgot. Um, let's see if I can find it here. Um, I guess I can't find it. But anyways, he's a Japanese player who is probably going to make his way over to the U.S. Uh, he uh, on Jim Bowden's uh, free agent list. He is number 15 below one of your favorites, Nick Castellanos, who's number 14, yeah. and above guys like Jansen and Rodon and Kershaw uh, and Rizzo. So he that that's nice company for somebody who's never played in the, in the major leagues. Hit, um, hit 38 home runs uh, for the Hiroshima Toyo Carp of the Japan Nippon Professional Baseball League. Honestly, one of the best. Names. I've always loved that name. You name yourself after one of the worst fish in the world, <laughs> the carp. That is, you can't get any better. Uh, so you know, I'm, we're we're not saying uh, he's going to be the next coming. Uh, you know, but he's he looks like he's going to be a pretty good player. Giants because of being in San Francisco, uh, nice uh, population, uh, Japanese population. They're going to be in the mix with guys like this. And I, I'm interested, like, we don't know much about him, but the Giants are definitely one of the teams that are being rumored to uh, to be attached to him. Yeah, and... and also and plays so, the outfield. Yeah, exactly. And and he's right-handed, and the Giants are looking for a right-handed outfielder. Uh, they need a right-handed outfielder. Um, right-handed hitting outfielder. So, so he was posted... Right. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, the fifteenth. What is today? The I don't even. Yes. Know yes. You're right. Yeah. So he was posted on the fifteenth. It's got thirty days to sign with the team, or else he'll go back to Hiroshima. Um, but I think it was kind of worked into the whole thing where, if there is a lockout that happens on December second, then that time could be extended. And it could just, you know, like you, well, you had your 15, 16 days or whatever it is. You got 14 left. We're going to extend that whenever this lockout ends. And then you've got 14 days or else you go back. Um, Last year, he hit 319 with 38 home runs at an over 1,000 OPS. Here's, Here's one of my favorite stats. 
So he had 535 plate appearances. He walked 88 times and struck out 87 times. <laughs> I mean, that's a, a, that's a dream. Say you can translate that here. That's a dream season uh, for any player, but that's a dream season for the Giants. I mean, the Giants are that type of organization um, where they really, really value guys who put the ball in play and get on base. Um, the 38 home runs is nice. Uh, you know, translate that over here, maybe 25 home runs at at t or Oracle. Um, but yeah, it, it, every year we hear this, whenever there's a Japanese born player, um, who, who has played in, uh, the NPB for as many years as they have. And then they get posted for here, like Otani, they always get tied to San Francisco because of that. And the giants were the first team to ever employ a, um, a, a Japanese born player, uh, in the major leagues, um, back in the, was it the sixties? Murakami. Murakami. Um, so, so they're always tied to the San Francisco giants because of, again, the population in San Francisco, um, it would be a great fit and, 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 um, you know, maybe feel a little bit at home. And this is a player that's not like the Shohei Otani where it was like, well, pitcher, hitter, yeah, kind of an experiment. We're not sure how that's going to translate. Obviously, we've seen. I mean, if he doesn't win the AL MVP, it's, <laughs> I'd be shocked. But, uh, I mean, Vlad had a great year, but Vlad didn't pitch. And that's kind of what it came down to. Um, but, but to have a player like that in San Francisco would be a steal, a grab from everybody else. But now he's looking at, you know, oh, <laughs> this Giants team has won 107 games last year. I can help that. I can add to that. I can be a part of that. Um, they were, you know, two runs away from moving on to the next series uh, in the playoffs this season. So I think the Giants actually have a real shot here this time. Uh, the Shohei Otani thing was kind of when the Giants were in transition. Mm-hmm. Giants are a little bit in, in transition right now. Um, would this take the sting out of Posey not being there? I think a little bit. I think it would help a little bit um, because then you're talking about a guy. And how, and how old is he again? 27. Uh, 27. So you're talking about a guy that could probably be around for a good seven, eight years. Um, and that's another uh, uh, another regime should i say of uh, having another player that could be the face of your franchise um can he be the fra- face of the franchise y- yeah i mean if he's that kind of a ball player and uh you know a, a gritty ball player that gets on base and and hits home runs and you know brings uh, a team to the playoffs year after year yeah you could be the face of the franchise um you know crawford's only got two more years with the giants left at this point uh belt We'll see. We'll talk about him in a little (laughs) bit, but but we don't know yet. Um, So, yeah, I mean, this this would be a huge get for the Giants. I try not to get my hopes up because of every time a player is posted and the Giants are in on it, it doesn't happen. But I'm pretty excited about this. So according to uh, a piece the uh, McCovey Chronicles just wrote today, uh, let me get the writer. I hate it when people only say the website. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yasi Khan is, is the writer. He said that, um, well, let me make sure it's a he. I don't want to also assume that. <laughs> Can't, I, I oh, no, it is too. a woman. It's oh, a woman. I'm, right. I'm following her on Twitter right now. There you go. 
Good I job. I'll do the same. I can't. I, I feel. Uh, I'm glad that I checked. That would have been really dumb. <laughs> um, okay, so she says that the Mariners, the Rangers, the Dodgers, and the Giants are the teams that are named in in in, in negotiations. Um, what you said makes a lot of sense to me, which is they just lost Buster Posey, who was their best right-handed hitter, and you could soften that loss with. Suzuki. Now, I think the interesting thing is also that the Giants promoted their native Japanese speaking coach, Uematsu, right. to their full time coaching staff. So, I, I mean, I'm sure there was some of it was just like, oh, he's ready, like he's done a great job. And some of it was like, oh, we need somebody on our staff because there's going to be players coming from uh, the, the, the Japanese league. And we want a guy who, who's, who's going to be there to, to help with that transition. So, Great, uh, great timing for that. And I'm really excited to see what happens. Like you, I feel a little bit more confident, almost like it's kind of like their guy to lose just because they had such a great season. Interestingly enough, the Angels are not on this list. You would think that, you know, they've already shown the ability to bring over a guy like Otani and he's going to be the best player in baseball right now. <laughs> right. If not, if not, he's in the top five. And so that they've created an environment and a, and a culture, but maybe they don't, you know, maybe they can't afford him or, or whatever at this point. But right. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's going to be great to, to see what they do here. I personally would love to see it. I, I love to see when, you know, players from different cultures come over. Um, it shows a lot of creativity uh, in the organization to not just go with your tried and true formula of uh, getting players. And, and just so people know how we do this show, like I'll send out something to Brad and he'll go, oh, I don't really have that much to say about it. And then when I bring it up, boom, he's like on it. He's like done his homework. <laughs> he's got his opinions ready. And I'm like, I knew it. I, I well, was not yeah, worried one bit. And you know how it is in life. I mean, it's like I've got two teenage daughters, <laughs> so it's I'm exhausted half the time. I just got my booster shot on Friday, and I'm still kind of – I'm feeling tired. I mean, Saturday I was beat up, man. Oh, yeah. I did, you know what I did on Saturday? I took, like, some Tylenol, and I listened to records, and I just kind of hung out and yeah. got some um, – I'm hooked on Apple News Plus, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just signed up for that, like, two weeks ago, and I am hooked because all you have to do is type in, like, Beatles – and then, and then you, and then they're in your subscription and then you just click on it and there's every article that has anything yeah. to do with the Beatles. I think I read for like three hours on the couch. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just reading Beatles articles and listening to records. Um, That's awesome. But yeah, so, so, so life is just like, you know, there's a lot going on right yeah. now. So then you're like Suzuki and I'm like, yeah, I've been wanting to read about him. And then it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. No, I think I know. <laughs> and then after I look at it, I go, yeah, no, no, I know all this stuff. And yeah. then as we're doing the show too, I, I, you know how it is. You and I both read so much about the Giants throughout the week and watch videos and do everything else. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we start talking about stuff and stuff pops in. Yeah, you start head. remembering what yeah, you Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, yeah I all of this stuff. So, yeah. yeah. All right, so let's talk about two of the old guys on the team, Brandon Crawford and Brandon Belt. B-Craw wins another gold glove. And Grant Brisby, we like to shout out Grant Brisby on this show because he writes like in doing a podcast, like that's his writing style. <laughs> yeah, so conversational. Exactly. It's like you're just talking to your buddy. He posted uh, like 20 of Crawford's plays on, uh, on The Athletic, and I dug through it. And it's like they're just all short gifts or short videos so it literally took just you know five minutes to go through all of them 
Oh my God, what a year this guy had defensively. And in addition to hitting all the home runs and, you know, hitting four and five hole for most of the season, tremendous defensively. And I kind of thought, and I wondered, you know, as he's in his uh, going from his early to mid thirties, obviously athleticism is, is a little bit lesser than when he was making plays as a, as a, you know, mid to, to late twenties guy when the giants were winning world series. But I, I wish, I mean, he, he, there was, there was an article about, he did an interview with uh, Andrew Baggerly, I think, but like, to me, it's fascinating when the player goes, Oh, if I knew all that I know now, when I was 25, I would have been so much better, but the athleticism was what, got me there and now it's my smarts that catches me up and, and makes me that you know a similar player but what what a season for him and worth every penny that that they paid him offensively defensively also kind of like the, a little bit of a silent leader I, you know guys looking up to him i kind of wondered though and and this was the question that i'd posed uh i thought about for you which is can he duplicate the season that he had. And if not, and maybe, maybe he can, but if he can't, because we've seen some really bad B cross seasons, especially yeah. offensively, mm-hmm. what would you be okay with? Are we talking 90% of this season, 85% of this season? Because I feel like if you get to like 70% of the player that we saw, that's leaning too hard the other way when he was really struggling. Yeah, and I, I almost said, <clears throat> and again, I suck at math, so I, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to break down his numbers and percentages <laughs> here, and I'm trying to think like, uh, okay, seventy five percent, but that's yeah. Now that you say 70 percent, we're starting to look at some rough numbers. Yeah, I, I would go with if we got eighty percent of of B crop, but but a gold glove. Yeah, I, I want to throw in if we got a gold glove and eighty percent of offensive production out of him. And some other pieces around him, um, I'd be super happy with that. He's going to be 35 in January. I yes. mean, we're in November. We're talking two months away. He's going to be 35 years old. Uh, so he's going to play the entire season at 35, and then the last year of his contract, the entire season, he'll be playing as 36 years old. Yes, um, he's found the found. He actually, he actually turns thir- he turns 35 in like two months. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, t- yeah. 35 in January. So. It's it's crazy to think he's found the fountain of youth, but the fountain of youth for him is this is this uh, hitting staff. I mean, you know, the hitting coaching staff, which we we just lost one. Uh, we lost Donnie Ecker. Yes, um, he went to Texas, Texas, Texas. Yeah, Texas to be their offensive coordinator. I think we talked about that last time, which well, what the hell is an offensive coordinator in baseball? Yeah. Um, and then they went ahead and got Pedro Guerrero, not that Pedro Guerrero. I was a little worried when I read that. I was like, uh, when, oh. I, when okay, I saw that too, bad. I was like, Pedro Guerrero is not a hitting coach anywhere. <laughs> I'm like, what are we doing? And then I was like, oh no, he's in, he was in Philly. Um, so Kapler knew of him, but uh you know, I think I think Brandon Crawford continues on that. I think it's more like 90%, 90 to 100% of what we saw. I think he can duplicate the season. I think he can even have a better season, especially if he, if he has a better supporting uh, cast around him uh, in terms of offense. Um, because, again, Buster Posey was, was great this season, but he didn't play that much. Mm-hmm. So if you had a guy like Suzuki who's hitting near Brandon Crawford, 
and you had somebody else uh, hitting in front of him and, and you know, some, some difference because Solano's also a free agent. So I don't know if we're going to see him again. Um, you know, it seems Stella- like they, it seems like they could replicate what he did with some other players who might be a little younger. I, I think so. And then, and then if you had Listella who becomes who we think he's going to be and gets on base, I mean, you see those numbers go up too. Um, so I, I think we're going to get closer to 90%. I'd be, I'd be okay with, you know, 85 to 80%. Um, again, my math sucks. I can't even tell you what those numbers would be. Yeah. So we're talking like, you know, he may be hitting 275, 280, maybe in the, 18 to 20 jacks instead of uh, the 24 jacks like he hit this year. Yeah. And I think that would be completely fine. Like you said, as long as the defense was there. Now, here's the interesting thing. Like when you look at his stats historically, his on base percentage was so far above his career average. It almost looks like an outlier and, and slugging percentage. He, he slugged um, about, 50 over 50 points higher than his previous high. So you're talking about jumps at an age where you don't usually see jumps like this. Uh, OPS, he's like a hundred points above his previous high. So these are real outlierish numbers. So if he was to duplicate this, or you know, again, 80% of this would be. His second best season <laughs> as a as a major league hitter is what is what it would be. Yeah, and like Kruko said too, um, this was the first time he saw a Giants team go to the plate with ideas, with a plan, and that's what Crawford did. So if he can build on that, and they again next year they're going to have a plan per at bat per pitcher. Um, so yeah, I, I think he can do it. He's found what works for him. Whatever was going on early in his career was great. It, it worked for him. Then that offensive lull for a few seasons in the middle. And and now he's kind of got that formula of like, okay, this is what I'm looking for when I go to the plate. This is what, uh, you know, what works for me. And this coaching staff works for me and everything's great. So I, I kind of expect higher than 80% at this point. And I think he does too. I think he probably expects to do, 110% of what he did last year, which, which he should, because I, again, I wouldn't even be shocked if he had a better season next year, but a 35 year old shortstop, I'd be happy with the 90. All right. So now let's talk about Brandon belt, who the giants uh, offered a qualifying offer to. And I think you said that very soon is the deadline for whether he's going to accept or not. Lots of the biggest free agents are not accepting these qualifying offers. Uh, if we go back to uh, Jim Bowden's uh, list, he has Brandon Belt uh, out of his top uh, 100. He has Brandon Belt at 25, number 25, behind players like Kyle Schwarber, behind Chris Taylor, behind Michael Conforto, ahead of guys like um, DeSclafani. Uh, Mark Melanson. I'm looking for some hitters here. Nelson Cruz. He has below belt. Uh, Nelson Cruz is like 100 years old, though. Um, so, <laughs> you know, he still I, hits 40 home runs a year. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the one thing about belt is I think I, I would be really surprised if a team gives him 
like a four-year deal just because he is often injured. Now, it doesn't mean that he's always injured. He's had a lot of seasons where he's played a full slate of games. But last year, or last season, I should say, you know, getting hurt at the end there really hurt the Giants' uh, chances to to win that first round against the Dodgers. Um, I do wonder if he is one of the guys who's like, okay, I'm going to take this qualifying offer in good faith, knowing that the Giants and I can can work out maybe a two-year deal or a three-year deal. Um, he is, is he the same age as, as Crawford? Uh, he is 30, 33. So he's a year 33. younger. Yeah, <clears throat> He'll turn younger. 34 right at the beginning of the season in April. Okay. So, you know, it, the, w- would the Giants have a similar two-year offer for Belt? Or because of his ability uh, to hit home runs, would an American League team, you know, maybe playing at a shorter porch in, in right field, be interested in offering him more than what the Giants would? That, that That's an interesting one. And I, I don't know what I would think there. I'd be surprised if the Giants offered him, like, more than a two-year deal. Even a three-year deal, I think, would surprise me. But, uh, you know, it's he had he had a great season like you can't take anything away from him. He finally had that season that everyone was waiting for him to have. And then, unfortunately, he just gets hurt. I would say more than Suzuki, this is the most urgent free agent lockup for the Giants of their own team. Suzuki's not, you know, he's not their own player, but from their own team, I I think Belt is not a guy you want to lose. And that has a lot to do with Buster Posey. Mm-hmm. You're losing a lot of leadership from your from your clubhouse. So to keep Belt and Crawford there right now and still, I know they won 107 games, but it's still a transition time for the Giants for the most part. Because uh, they got a lot of young guys that we may see next year. Um whether it be early in the season, they win jobs out of spring or later in the season, you're going to have some, some young guys who play bit parts. You got Logan Webb, who's uh, right now the giants ace and yep. to have uh, you know, a young guy like that to be able to lean on Crawford and belt, that's huge. So if the giants lose belt and Posey in the off season, this off season, that, that is rough. So I would say, Right now, the Giants really need to kind of, and and I know they are because we have heard you know news blurbs that they are talking about about a a, a multi year deal and multi is two, um, and I, again, yeah, I'm I'm with you too. A two year deal, I think, is what the Giants would do. Um, you're starting to see some deals for pitchers that are in the seven year range. Um, that's where you start thinking hitters are going to be in the four to five year range. Um, a 33-year-old coming back to his current team is looking at a two-year range probably. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's urgent. I think that's an urgent lockup at this point. And, and like you, too, I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow, uh, which is the 17th, is the last day to accept or decline that uh, qualifying offer. So we'll get news tomorrow. If you're listening to this tomorrow, then that's today. 17th um so yeah it's I, I think it's urgent for the giants so just a quick look at belt's career he had uh he hit the most home runs he's ever hit in a season last year the previous high he had 29 the previous high was 18 and that previous high was also uh, he did that twice 
One year he played 137 games. The other year he played 104. Last year he played 97, <laughs> hit 29 home runs. Yeah. Um. So then, uh, if you look at uh, on base, he actually had a good on base percentage year. Not his best. His best would be actually last year in the shortened season. He was he was on base at a 43 percent clip. But in mm. 2016. He was at uh, 0.394, so pretty close to 400. His slugging was the highest uh, in his career, and his OPS was the second highest in his career. So again, another guy, whether it's the coaching, whether it's maturing, probably a bit of both. Uh, the fence is also coming in. We have to we have to say that that's a big part of that as well. Um, both both guys, you know definitely having uh better years and best years of their career later in their in their uh in their careers and and, and I kind of wonder I don't I wonder what the math says about how repeatable that is like as, as guys you know do do they fall back further or do they kind of stay there consistently if they kind of mature later as a hitter like that that'll be interesting to look up that that's hard to say because we're in a different era we're in an analytics era where we are in a um, <clears throat> video uh, analyzing era it's different now so i think I think it's it's hard to it's hard to take something like this and say, well, in the '90s or the 2000s or the 2010s, even uh, this is what happened to the 33 year olds or whatever. It's hard to say when you have a couple of guys and, and Buster Posey, the older guys, who all of a sudden blossomed because they got some different tutelage, and you know who's not who's to say it doesn't carry on to next year because you've got the same coaching staff there. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of a tough one to look at. All right, we got two more small segments that uh, you wanted to jump into. Uh, the first one is about the uh, CBA stuff. So, what are we, we're head, we're heading for a lockout here? Uh, yeah, I <laughs> think we're headed for a lockout. We are November sixteenth. The CBA ends at midnight on the first. The second, the owners can lock out the players. Uh, probably going to bat. I mean, there's so much on the table still mm -hmm. that they have not figured out. How long is it going to go? That's, that's the question. It's going to happen, but how long is it going to go? Um, one of the things, and you had sent this article and I, and I read it like twice, three times before, because the CBA stuff kind of makes my head spin. I'm mm -hmm. not a contract guy. I'm a computer guy. Yeah. Um, I'm a on the field guy. So when I look at this stuff, I go, Number one, do I care like about the CBA stuff? But you do. This is our game. I mean, this is our game, and and this is 2021. We care about this stuff because we just had a taste of a half a season in 2020, and it sucked. It wasn't yeah. very fun. Um, and you also know, just a side note, if if there is a lockout and it is a shortened season – that's when the Dodgers win the World Series. <laughs> when it's not a real season, when it's a short season. <laughs> yes, you're right. Yeah. 100% right about exactly. that. So uh, one of the things on the table that I just wanted to throw out there for the CBA, just kind of throw it out there for everybody. Um, Major League Baseball, the owners, they want to get rid of arbitration, which, you know, yeah, there's ways to do it. But the way they want to do it is they want to have free agency start at 29 and a half years old. Uh, that's insane because you've got a lot of players. I mean, look at Juan Soto, look at Bryce Harper. Those guys were hitting 
free agency or they're going to hit free agency way earlier than 29 and a half years old. They're going to get their bank before that. Yeah. Um, but they want to say, let's get money into the pockets of the younger players earlier by having the, the F war system um, take the place of arbitration. So they want to use fan graphs. <laughs> I mean, it, this is crazy. <laughs> they want to use a website yeah. to, to go ahead and say, this is how much you get paid based on your F war. Well, then you've got the discrepancy between starting pitching and uh, relief pitching. And yes. then, you know, you've got the shortstop who got X'd out of a certain amount of game. What if you get hurt? I mean, yeah. how does that factor into it? It's, it's just kind of the whole thing is a mess. So my favorite quote was from a, a, one of the agents, a player agent. He said, when they brought this to him, he said, Albert Pujols, has a better chance of leading the majors in stolen bases, <laughs> is what he said. So the central theme of professional sports from the labor side is the ability to negotiate your salary and make a case for what you're worth, which I, I agree. I mean, that that is that uh, you and I, same thing. We want to go to our bosses and say, hey, you know, look at all the stuff I did this year. I should yeah. get this much. Not like, well, the person you replaced would have done this, so this is what you get. Um, then they go on to say, in arbitration, a panel decides, in free agency, the market decides. In this case, an algorithm, which is obviously flawed, would decide. Plus, it would open up the floodgates for war manipulation on behalf of the clubs. Also, since when do we let websites have such a direct influence on player salary? So that's why we're heading for a lockout. I mean, that's just one of the many things out there. Um, because a union brought something to the to the table that was completely different from that they want to go they still want to keep arbitration but they want to go to two years mm -hmm. of arbitration instead of three years of arbitration they also want to add performance bonuses before arbitration which would be great this all makes sense i mm -hmm. think this all makes sense and then they want to have free agency start after five years instead of six years so they're they're going in opposite directions here. The Major League Baseball owners are saying, "Let's make free agency when you're older, but we'll give you a little bit more money before." And, and Major League Baseball players are saying, "Let's make it younger. We want to hit free agency when we're like 26, 25." Okay, but you know that that could work against them because mm -hmm. the 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 teams could keep their best players longer in the minor league system, just knowing that they only got them for five. Yeah, and that that's true because I mean you're looking at all the stuff that's going on with Vlad Guerrero and, and you know, all that stuff that happened with all the young players and they brought him up. Oh well, he's not ready yet. It's like no, that's a financial thing. We yeah. we understand. Don't you're not fooling us. Yeah. So there's so there's still so much to work out. And then when it comes down to it, too, the um, the player agents, they also get paid for guiding the players through arbitration. Sure. So of course they're like. Let's keep arbitration <laughs> because, I mean, that's where they make their bank. They make a lot of money, especially Scott Boris makes a lot of money off the contracts. But all the younger players that he's not making money off of contracts, he's like, let me lead you through arbitration for the yeah. next three or four years. Yeah. Uh, three years, actually. I don't think they go four. Um, so, of course, they have a lot to say in it. So, you don't just have Major League Baseball and the Players Association. You've got the agents kind of hanging over there, too. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah. All right, you want to talk about one last thing, which is uh, some of the players who have already signed with other teams, including one Noah Syndergaard. Yeah. 
Thor, the mighty Thor. So this kind of kind of if you, if if we're looking to get Gossman back, yes, we got to look at these numbers and we got to say the market is being set. But but again, I'm I am shocked. A lot of these players are getting these deals before a lockout. But again, if the owners of the teams are willing to give these guys this much money before the lockout happens, take it. But but we don't know how it's going to play into it. When the lockout happens, will these contracts be null and void because new things will be played in? Or will they say, well, you're grandfathered in because this happened before the lockout and before we change the contract? I mean, we're under one contract right now. So you have to say you have to honor this at this point. But so Thor, Noah Syndergaard signed with the Angels. The Angels are going for it. A one-year, $21 million deal. Now, this is a pitcher that has, uh, just like the real Thor, he's got a lot of story behind him. <laughs> we know his background. He's a strikeout pitcher. He's pretty nasty. He hasn't thrown more than two innings since 2019. And he gets a one-year show-me $21 million deal. Um, I kind of had him on the radar for the Giants uh, back when we were talking a little bit about free agents a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. I kind of had him on the radar. I thought, oh, that, that'd be a good like one-year $15 million show-me deal. Not at one-year $21 million. That's not a Zadie type of thing. So I'm right, sure the Giants right. were out of that pretty quick. Um Jose Barrios, who was uh, the the uh, Blue Jays traded for him from the Twins at the uh, um, trade deadline this year, he signed a seven year, one hundred thirty one million dollar extension. So that's what we're starting to see in terms of of money kicked around. Um, and then you've got uh, one that happened a little well, a little while back. Uh, what was that? Eduardo Rodriguez just mm-hmm. happened uh, a couple of days ago, actually. And uh, he's a walk machine. This guy, if you look at his whip, he's in the 1.3, 1.2 range quite often because he walks. I think he led the league in, in walks given up this year. He's on a five-year, $80 million deal with the Detroit Tigers, who are also kind of going for it. They're starting, I think they're in uh, the play for Correa as well, Carlos Correa from the uh, Astros. But um, so anyways, that kind of gives you an idea of the market of what Gossman's going to be looking at. I think Gossman was tied to the Angels and he popped in and on Twitter and he said, that's news to me. <laughs> I didn't know about that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a, I mean, if you're starting to think money, I don't know if we're going to have too many more deals before December 1st. Or maybe we will because a lot of these players are going to want to dig in their heels and, and get their money before this this current CBA expires. I don't know the advantage of that other yeah. than they think that the new CBA is going to kind of deaden that, but money's going to be money's going to be flowing no matter what. I don't think the CBA is going to change uh, contract negotiations and all that too much. So, all right, well, we are done here. We'll be back next week. So next week is Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving week. We'll, we record on Mondays, so maybe we'll do a little bit of a what we're thankful for theme there. And there we'll talk go. about all the news. We'll talk about it, all the things happening with the Giants. And if there's not a lot happening with the Giants, we'll talk about what's happening in uh, the world of Major League Baseball. Well, there would definitely be belt news, right? Yes, I mean, there was definitely going be to be belt news. news. So at least Website. on Monday, stay tuned for belt news. <laughs> there we go. All right. So for Brad, I am a double G. We will see you when we see you. 
Peace out. Peace.